0: winning author and columnist Thomas Friedman actually wrote a book all about this topic called Thank You for Being Late. And in the book, he notes all the different shifts that have happened in the last decade and a half. 2007 was the year that the iPhone was released. And if you haven't seen that keynote presentation by Steve Jobs, go watch it right now. It's incredible. Okay, maybe wait till after we're done, but go watch it later today. It's an amazing presentation where he talks about the iPod and the phone, and the iPod, and the phone, and he merges them together into one. Um, It was an amazing keynote presentation. Now, before you think I'm an Apple-only person, which I kind of am, um, 2007 was also a year for other significant technological advances. There was the Kindle and Android being released as well to the world, Facebook and Twitter went global, Airbnb was founded, and Google bought YouTube, all in the year 2007. 2007 was a year that sociologists are now looking at and studying as a major inflection point in our recent human history. Because with all these incredible technological advances, we've become faster and more connected than ever before. If you think about it, from 14 years ago until today, now about 90% of Canadians walk around with a supercomputer in their pockets at all times. If you want to know what's going on in the score of the game, you can check instantly. If you want to find out the weather for the next week, you can find that out. If you want to connect with someone anywhere in the world, they are a text, call, FaceTime, or email away. If you want to get that new book that you've been dying to read, it's one click away, and it can be delivered tomorrow, or if you don't have the patience to wait until tomorrow, it can even be delivered digitally right now. Shopping has become easier and more convenient than ever with services like Amazon, which send out parcels to the same day, but because we live on the island, we really get it next day. Not only has shopping become easier and more convenient, our ability to access television shows and content has also become increasingly easier through services like Netflix, Disney Plus, and other streaming services. We can now watch whole seasons of shows and an entire library of movies whenever we want. Lindsay and I, just during this COVID pandemic, we were watching a series, WandaVision, on Disney+, and they released episodes weekly, the nerve of them. We had to wait an entire week for a new episode. That is so old school. These changes have made our lives easier and more convenient in so many ways, but they've also come with some unexpected quirks to them. With all these advances and jumps forward with speed and convenience, we've now unconsciously begun to expect things to happen for us in a matter of seconds. As I said earlier, researchers are studying the effects of how we've changed over the last decade and a half, and some of the findings are a little bit interesting or maybe even troubling. We don't have time to talk about that whole field of research today, but I want to focus on one area specifically as we talk this morning, and it's our patience, or should I say our lack thereof. A study out of the UK last year revealed that our thresholds for patients are lower than ever before. People get frustrated if they have to wait 16 seconds for a web page to load. 25 seconds if they have to wait for a light to change in traffic. 22 seconds if a streaming service doesn't load the episode that they're trying to watch. 30 seconds if they have to wait in line. And if you go to a restaurant to eat something, if the food isn't on your table within 14 minutes, you are frustrated. Now, if I'm being honest with you, some of those times actually probably sound a little bit long, don't they? (laughs) If you click on a web page and it doesn't load within 16 seconds, I'm I'm like, more like five, probably. Our our thresholds for pain, or not for pain, for for patience are so low right now. And here's the interesting thing. Of that study that was done, 95% of people still said patience was a virtue that they wanted to strive towards. We are becoming less and less patient, but 95% of us still think patience is a good idea. Life has become more convenient, but as a result, we have become less patient, And our patience is slowly turning into a muscle that is atrophying and shrinking away. With that super encouraging thought in mind this morning, I want us to read a passage in Scripture and think about how this lack of patience might affect how we interact with this passage from Ephesians today. So we're going to turn in our Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't have your Bibles with you, it'll be on the screens for you to follow along. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse number 1. It says this, Therefore I, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, because be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Now, in a world that is becoming increasingly less patient, what do we do with the apostles' encouragement to be patient with one another? It's the question I want us to look at for the rest of our time together today. But before we jump into answering and looking at what this text has to say about patience, if you are new with us today, we want to welcome you. We were just starting last week this series called One Another, and Pastor Sean kicked it off this last week by, by explaining to us that the majority of the New Testament has to do with living life with one another. The, the, the pastor, Andy Stanley, puts it this way, the primary activity of the church was one anothering one another. I don't know if that's a real English phrase, one anothering, but you get the idea. The point of the New Testament in so many ways is how we actually live life in community with each other. Last week, Pastor Sean opened up by looking at a a verse and a passage that's foundational for our entire series and everything that is to come in the weeks to follow. He looked at Jesus' words and showed us that how we love one another is mission critical for us as followers of Jesus. Jesus puts it this way in John 13. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What an incredible and powerful promise that if we put these one another's into practice and if we live these things out, not only will it make our community better, but the world will actually know the love of God through how we love one another. God today is encouraging us that we need to pay attention to how we live in relationship with the people sitting beside us in this room today, with the relationships that we have in church community. And today, we look specifically at this call to be patient with one another. Now, if we turn back to that Ephesians 4 passage that we just read a moment ago, the first thing that the Apostle Paul says in it is to live a life worthy of the call that we have received because we have been called by God. He says this phrase before we get to be patient with one another. Patience is tied to this essential calling that we have as Christians. We've been called by God to share the gospel with people and call them to enter into life alive to God. We believe that Jesus has risen from the grave and now we give our total allegiance and devotion to following him and his way of life. And We've graciously received the love of God through Jesus and now we get to invite others into that love as part of our calling. As Pastor Sean reminded us last week, we are essentially Christ's ambassadors or his representatives on this earth. That is our call. Paul says then because of this big call, because you are the primary picture that most people will see when they're trying to figure out who Jesus is and what Jesus is like, you are the representative of that. Because of that big call, live up to that call. Live up to that standard, that high standard. And as we do, God's love will show through us. Live up to that call. And one of the primary ways that we can live up to that call is the next sentence or the next phrase. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. In this world that we talked about at the beginning where we were becoming less and less patient, our impatience starts to creep into our relationships, doesn't it? Our impatience starts to, to rear its ugly head when we, when we think about living life together with other people. 95% of us desire to be more patient, but we struggle with it. And this passage can teach us a great deal about patience this morning. The first thing that it can teach us is that patience is humility and gentleness in action. Patience is a choice to love and serve someone else ahead of yourself. Nothing has challenged me over this last season to grow in patience quite like becoming a new dad. (laughs) Any parents in the room resonate with that sentence? My son is amazing, he is cute, he is the best answer to prayer that we could have ever received, but that doesn't mean that there haven't been challenging days too. Over the first few months of his life, he had colic and so he would cry often and and I'd be holding him and I'd be recognizing my own lack of impatience, my own impatience. You know, it'd be an hour of crying, and I'm like, you're fed, you're changed, everything should be good, what is going on, why are you still crying? And I just feel this frustration and this impatience growing in me, and I'm like, what is going on? I can't control him, I can't change him, everything I've tried doesn't work, and I just recognize this impatience in me. And I had to pause multiple times over the first few months of my son's life and go, God, give me the patience, because I don't have it in me. God, give me the gentleness because I don't have it in me. Being a a new dad has been such a gift in so many ways, but it's been a challenge. And within this challenge, I feel like God has lovingly shown me that there is a gift baked into it. It was a reminder that life is not all about me. It's a reminder that I have this little one now that I get to care for, and I have the opportunity to allow myself to be interrupted and inconvenienced so that I can love my son better. Each time I'm in the middle of something and he needs me to get up because he's crying, each time I can help him with something, it's an opportunity to choose patience over frustration. It's putting his needs ahead of my own, and I'll be honest, I still do not get this right. (laughs) I'd be lucky if I bat 50% with this. I have a long way to go, but this is an invitation that I believe the Holy Spirit is giving to me to grow in patience, to allow him to build that fruit in my spirit of becoming more patient as a person. And I think practically this is what it looks like to partner with the Holy Spirit and allow him to bring the fruit of the Spirit alive in our lives. When we pray for patience, often what we get is opportunities, hey, I was talking with someone about this recently and they just said, I stopped praying for patience a long time ago. (laughs) But this is the opportunities that are baked into the challenges that we find around us. An opportunity to grow in patience and to partner with the Holy Spirit because patience is the first fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians. Joyce Meyer says the opposite is this, impatience is a fruit of pride. Pride is when we live life focused inwardly, focused on ourselves, thinking that we deserve more, thinking that everything should be focused on us. And humility is the converse of that. It is the flip of that. It is putting others' needs ahead of our own. The way it's put in Philippians chapter two is this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take, the interests, take an interest in others too. In this world where we are becoming more and more impatient because more and more is given to us quickly and with expediency, it's a challenge to be patient with other people. It's a challenge to live this out and to partner with the Holy Spirit. And more often than not, we have the, the fruit of pride in our lives, thinking it should be about us, thinking that things are owed to us but Jesus is inviting us this morning to grow in patience because that's what gentleness and humility really is in action, patience. The second thing that we can see from this passage this morning is that patience leaves room for difference and faults. Pastor Sean last week in his message said that every human being needs two things, and he was talking about these two things, attachment and authenticity. Attachment means being connected in relationship, being known by other people. And authenticity means that you don't have to hide or pretend that you're something that you're not. You can be fully loved and fully known. And that is the desire that all of us have in our hearts as human beings. And patience is how we practically live that out in community. Patience leaves space for other people. And as the restrictions begin to be lifted and we start living life together more and more, it's going to take patience to be in relationship with other people who are very different than us. If you want a clear example of this, look at the life of Jesus and his 12 disciples. As you read through the New Testament, time and time again, Jesus is patient with his 12 disciples. He called a, a, a people with messy backgrounds, messy stories, and people who didn't have it all together. He called fishermen, freedom fighters, and traitors to the Jewish people. He called people who would abandon him in his hour of need and let him down. He called people who thought it was all about them and were focused on who would be the most famous and powerful. He called people who wanted to exclude those who were different. He called people who were impatient, had short tempers, and sometimes said the wrong thing. And he called people who were fearful and doubted them. He called people who got it wrong a lot of the time. Does that sound familiar to any of us today? Because I see myself in, in that list of things. I'm someone who gets it wrong a lot of the time. And this same Jesus who called his first disciples calls out to you and I to follow him today to follow him in being patient with others because he has been patient with us and our imperfections. The same Jesus calls out to us and calls us to an invitation to follow him. Jesus' first disciples got it wrong time and time again over the three years that they spent together and yet he doesn't cast them aside. He doesn't turn his back on them and he doesn't walk away from a relationship. Instead, he is patient with them. And that leads us to this thought, patience is not the most convenient or efficient way always, but it is the most loving. If you were Jesus in in calling his early disciples, you could have had a lot of different points that would be more efficient to find a better group of guys who would get it right. But Jesus didn't turn his back on them in that moment. It wasn't convenient to have to teach the same things over and over again to his disciples. Because they still didn't get it. It wasn't convenient to sit down with Peter after he denied Jesus three times and restore him. It wasn't convenient to break up another fight about which disciple was going to be the greatest. It was inconvenient to have to let Thomas put his hand in Jesus' side and his fingers through the nails in his hands, where the nails were in his hands. Jesus did a lot of things that were inconvenient for the sake of his disciples. And that leads me to ask this question to us today. Are you willing to allow yourself to be inconvenienced for the sake of another person? Are you willing to allow yourself to be inconvenienced so that you can love somebody else? Patience is not speedy, convenient, and it doesn't always look efficient. It takes time, energy, and effort to be patient with people. And I don't know if I'm being honest if I would have had the patience that Jesus had with his early disciples. But I'm so glad that Jesus is way wiser than I am. Because look at the results. The book of Acts shows us that the, the results of his patience. Empowered by the Spirit, those 12 people were the, the foundation of the early church. And they're why we gather still together today. Jesus was patient with them and he held on on in relationship, even when it would have been easier and more convenient to walk away. Jesus made room for their differences. He made room for difficult people and the faults that they had. How do you respond to other people's differences today? Are you focused on how they're an inconvenience to you, or are you focused on the opportunity that you have to love them? Jesus is patient with us, and he leaves room for our faults and how he gives us the opportunity to extend that same grace to other people as we live life in community. The final thing that I just want to pull out from this passage today out of Ephesians on patience is that patience is a unity-building practice. The Apostle Paul puts it this way, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit just as you've been called together for one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. We are reminded today that patience is essential for building healthy communities healthy churches. Over this past year, we haven't had to see a lot of people who were different than us if we didn't want to. We've been able to do church from our own homes. We've been able to get groceries delivered to us if we wanted to. We haven't had to take our kids to to events and, and sports and things like that as much. We haven't had to live life with people who were different Yet here's the thing, as much as we may have become comfortable in our own bubbles over this past year, the Christian life is one of relationship or as Diedrich Bonhoeffer puts it, life together. Our vertical relationship with God has horizontal implications for you and I. If there's one thing that is going to be needed for us as a church community, as we reopen and life together happens, it's going to be patience. Patience to get to know new people. Because that takes time. Patience for people who think differently about us, especially about COVID. Patience for people who have different backgrounds or ethnicities from me. Patience with people who have different political leanings. Because the reality is we come together now under Jesus' lordship. And we're going to be very, very different under his lordship. You might not think the same way as the person next to you. You might not vote the same way as the person next to you. But the one thing that we need to be focused on is that Jesus is the reason we're here. Jesus is the reason that we gather together and we are under his lordship and his kingship and those differences that we have are real, but we need to be focused on what unifies us and what brings us together or else we're gonna be focused on our differences and miss the mission, the calling that Paul calls each one of us to. No matter how different we may be from the person sitting next to us, serving next to us, or worshiping next to us, we are all united under one Lord, Jesus. We have one faith, one baptism, and one Father who is over all, in all, and living through all. And as we read earlier, our unity together and our love for each other will show the world Jesus' love. The glue that holds unity together is spirit-empowered patience. Spirit-empowered gentleness and humility. You might look at that person or that think of that person who grinds your gears in our church community. Maybe it's me. But we have the opportunity to pray in that moment and say, God, give me the patience to love this person the way that you love them. God, give me the patience to see this person the way that you see them. Because, church, our world needs us to show a different way when it comes to patience. You you see it all around you. The impatience that we talked about at the beginning is getting bigger and bigger. And the gap between people is getting wider and wider. And we are only in these silos and bubbles of people who think like us, look like us, and talk like us. And The internet has... uh, A whole whole, um, area to play in this but for us as a church community the call for us is to live a life that is different from the world around us when it comes to patience. As we talked about earlier this year we are called to be a sign and a foretaste of the kingdom of heaven a kingdom united together in love it doesn't mean that we're going to be exactly the same but we have an opportunity to show the world a different way by how we live life together and that is the invitation that we have today, church. So back to that question I want you to think about and reflect on this week. Are you willing to allow your life to be interrupted or inconvenienced for the sake of loving someone else this week? Are you willing to, to enter into that conversation with that person who's difficult or socially awkward? Are you willing to extend yourself so that you can love other people better this week? Maybe God is going to give you a person this week that, you know, just bless them. They are a frustrating person for your life. But baked into that challenging person for you is an opportunity to grow in patience. An opportunity to grow in the fruit of the Spirit and to allow God in His life to come even more alive in And that is my hope for us as a church. That is my prayer for us this week as we live in life together, that we would be a community that models patience in relationships. Are you with me on this church? Let's pray today. Jesus, thank you that you give us that high calling of being your ambassadors, of being your people. And this week, God, I pray you would help us to reflect your love in the way that we are patient and gentle in our humility this week. Help us, God, when we are so focused on ourselves to take our eyes off of ourselves for a moment, to put the needs of somebody else ahead of our own for a moment this week. For the sake of love and for the sake of unity. Help us as a church community to be focused primarily on the things that unite us and bring us together and where there are differences. Help us to have patience for one another because Jesus, you showed us what that looks like and you have so much patience for us because we get it wrong so often. We need your patience. So help us to allow that patience to flow through us to other people. Jesus, if there's someone in here today who's just new to this whole Jesus community, new to following you, wondering maybe what this all means, I pray that today you would just continue to spark that curiosity in their hearts. That God, your love would begin to take hold and take root in their life today. God, mark us and let us walk out of this place a people who show your love to this world around us. In your name we pray these things, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, if you are new to, to faith today or you're wondering what following Jesus is all about, um, I would encourage you to text the word LIFE to 250 478 One of our pastors will be in touch with you. We would love to walk with you as you start a journey of following Jesus church we love you so much and uh, as you go out this week <laughs> take that encouraging thought who can i be inconvenienced for this week love you church and have an amazing weekend